the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Oh, it's great to be back with you and uh, I am excited about the uh, topic that we have today. And before I do that, I need to tell you we're a podcast that focuses on missions and focuses on culture and healthy church and so much more. I'm Scott Armstrong. To my right, I have AJ Fry with me. Hey, guys. To my left, Emily Armstrong. Everyone. Across from me, Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. And to her right, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. German chocolate cake was invented in Texas. What? Wow. I knew that. And I was kind of hoping nice. you would say it's neither German nor cake. Nor chocolate. <laughs> nor, nor Which chocolate. is not true. It is true. Talk amongst <laughs> But it's not German. <laughs> Why do they call it German chocolate cake? She's making a face right now. Is it in German? <laughs> the German part of German chocolate cake comes from an American man, not a European country. So the guy that made it, his name was German. His name was German. I guess. Therefore, we call it German. His name was cake. Sam German. Oh, eighteen fifty-two. He Sam's chocolate cake seems like it would have been a little bit yeah. more easier to understand. <laughs> now the question for Natalie. Okay. Have you ever had German chocolate cake? No, no. No, I don't no. think I, I have. That. You've you've what? never had it. No. Fun fact, none of us have had, no, we <laughs> <laughs> I think that we should make German chocolate cake for our next podcast. Yeah. Yes, please. That'll be up to you all. I believe that uh, Emily um, gave you some yeast. It. Yeah. I wouldn't. It doesn't need yeast. It's cake. I was going to say. Wait I a second. Is that true? <laughs> you can tell how much I know about <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fun fact, cake doesn't use yeast. Right. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't Why know that. I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Scott's outing himself. Yeah. It's just you, Scott. Yeah. I thought a cake had to rise. Oh, okay. <laughs> the magic ingredient of flour helps it rise. Shoot. I'm mixing all of these. Okay. Well, I, my mouth is watering as we're talking about this. And I'm also humiliated at not knowing uh, what needed yeast and what didn't. Plan. Yes. And this would be a perfect segue if we were talking about Jesus talking about yeast, which we're not. However, no. we are talking about another passage found in Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to read the whole chapter, but I think we'll just start with verses one to eight. And this has a lot of implications for our lives, for uh, the church and for missions, of course. And so Natalie, would you start us? Of course. So the word of God says, invitation to the thirsty, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting promise with you. My faithful love promised to David. And then, by the way, I didn't know that was a great segue, but it was talking about delicious food. And I know. So yeah. I, I kind of set you up and you, you did set crashed me up. the airport. I crashed it for many reasons. But <laughs> yes. um, and then Chelsea, read from four to eight. 
See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So that's kind of a, a hinge verse that goes in uh, and talks a little bit about that later. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, right now, there's so much stuff, so many metaphors, so many good things here. Uh, maybe a little bit of background. Uh, Isaiah, um, 66 chapters, but uh, from 1 to 39 is a little bit uh, a little bit different. Uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of different things, um, famous passages, of course. Uh, starting in 40, 40 to 55, and then f- especially up through the end of the, the book, really is focusing on a people that is in, in exile. And uh, they are in exile, and they are uh, trying to figure out what that means. Remember, exile <laughs> it means they're not at home. They're in an unfamiliar place. Uh, they're wondering, is could God be working in this uh, situation? With that in mind, all of this wonderful promise, these wonderful promises uh, uh, start to be shared with the people. Uh, what jumps out at all of you? And, um, maybe what are some of the images that we should take note of? So one of the things that, um, I love about prophecy in, in regards to the Israelites in exile is this idea that goodness can come from exile. <laughs> Jeremiah does the same. I'm sure there's others, but we we teach often that like Jeremiah says to like plant gardens and like have children and create a life. And and I feel like Isaiah's doing something pretty similar in this of like you can have goodness in the midst of this hurt. I'm sure the Israelites are not fans of being in exile. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Um and and sometimes I wonder, like, we currently in our region on Mesoamerica don't have too many people in exile. Um, we have refugees and we have um, people seeking a different life due to political stuff. But like exile, when you are pushed out of your country. Um, so how do we relate to that? And I, I think it comes in the form of like as Christians – we as Nazarenes believe that we can see the kingdom of God here and now. And that is a, that is a, a theology, a doctrine that I don't hear preached very often that I don't, when I say that to people, they're kind of are like, you're crazy. <laughs> um, but the idea that like, like that you can come and have water when you're thirsty yes. or you can eat when you're hungry or you can experience mm-hmm. abundance while you have little. Mm-hmm. Um, that idea of the kingdom at work in our current situation is what I feel like Isaiah is preaching here to them is, is this promise of goodness, even in the midst of hurt. Mm-hmm. And that is something that our people can relate to. Even if you are working your daily job and it's hard and you're suffering to make ends meet, you can still experience the kingdom of God right here, right now. That's cool. 
I wrote in the margin of my Bible, in the midst of exile, God invites to the banquet. In desert springs first forth. There is abundance in the face of scarcity. Yeah, and I think that that's what the entire gospel message has always been, (laughs) right? It's that God is doing something new. And even as I think about, you know, John is the preparer of the way in the desert. And Isaiah uses so many images of like the desert and springs bursting forth. And uh, it's just all over God's story of the fact that what you see here, you think is your reality. However, let me remind you once again, that the kingdom of God looks like this. And so Mm. even though you see desert, this is what the kingdom is. And so so I invite you to come and drink, come and drink till your heart's content. Like that is who I am. That's what I'm offering. The offer is constantly there. And I think even the um, passage of like, come to me, all you are thirsty, you know, like we use that a lot uh, in the church. And there are songs that like literally come into my mind that I think they're in that, that space. And in reading chapter 54, right before it's about God's covenant with Zion, like the city of God. Mm -hmm. And then moving to 55, it's God renewing covenant with the people of Zion. And so these words are for us, the people. And even it gets my attention to verse three, where it says, give ear, come to me, hear me that your soul may live. Mm -hmm. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David, but like he constantly is taking it back to David, this guy that was seeking after my heart. He was constantly aligned to what I desired. And obviously you can move into the areas of the times of his life when he didn't. And those are highlighted greatly. However, the majority of David's life was seeking after God with his whole heart, seeking after God with his whole heart, seeking. And there's so many that I feel like we could do like eight podcasts on just David's life of the way that he sought after God and what it did to drive him to be not just the king that he was, but the anointed before he became king. And um, I just, I think that covenant that God literally is talking to a people that I think they're like, okay, well, we're being punished. We broke covenant. We knew that God had made this covenant. I will be your God. You will be my people. Here's the rules. They knew they had broken the rules because they're literally living in the consequences of breaking covenant. But God comes to them and says, hey, guess what? I will make an everlasting covenant with you. It's like you have not messed up so much that like it's off the table. I'm looking for something else. There's another plan. He's like, no, this is still the plan and I'm renewing it with you. And so I extend that invitation to you. And I think as Christians, we need to let that excite us and yeah. let that bring passion to our lives. It's mm. like, oh, mm. the amazing God, even <laughs> yeah. though they messed up means that when I mess up, like, and it's not just this one little mess up, like there can be huge mess up that God still says, I extend the covenant to you. Amen. Um, something that else I was reading was a biblical commentary about the Hebrew culture that it was really interesting about this first verse. Um, and I was reading that in the Hebrew culture in the time of Isaiah, when a person in this time had a birthday and is celebrated, one of the way that that person uh, is expressing his gratefulness is by giving away. Um, so what that they used to do was they used to go to the squares and approach the sellers where that were advertising 
their water, wine, milk. And when they arrived, they were pretty much saying to the sellers, hey, I am celebrating my birthday. And they knew that um, that, that was what I was reading. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and they knew that because they were celebrating, now they can sell whatever they were selling to anybody who was passing by in this in the square for free. So the sellers were saying, okay, everybody who is thirsty, everybody who needs water, who needs wine, come and buy it for free. Mm. Come and, and grab whatever you need. Um, and whoever was coming to take and grab the water, wine, or, or milk, they knew that the one who was next to the seller was celebrating their birthday and they knew he was paying for everything, wow. but mm. it was free for them. Wow. So wow. they were saying thank you to the one who was celebrating. Um, but there was a prize that that person was, you know, giving away. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is something I was really, it was really interesting. And for me, it was like, wow, it is pretty much the same as yeah. Jesus. Like he's given, he already paid a price for us mm-hmm. and he's given us everything for free and we can come and grab his grace his abundance right. for free but because he already paid for mm-hmm. us yeah. this is so That's awesome so, so fascinating like even as i'm thinking about it nowadays it's like it's my birthday give to me yes. right right but like in that time maybe it was more like a wedding where during the wedding the people that are getting married are paying for it and everyone else is like free party. That's awesome. You know, I mean, free, good meal, you know, and, and, uh, but, but to think of the implications, come all you who want, I'm paying, I'm picking up the tab. Ooh, that is great. That's awesome. That's good. It reminds me, have you guys seen the movie Raya? Uh -uh. It's a, is it Disney? I want to see it. It's really good. It's about dragons. Um, anyways, there's a scene in there. (laughs) So if you've seen Raya, it's really funny. The the dragon, she doesn't have any concept of money or she's been asleep for thousands of years. And so she wakes up and and somebody tells her about credit. And so she walks through this entire marketplace and she's just grabbing everything <laughs> off every shelf. And she's like, I'm going to buy that on credit. This I'm going to buy that on credit. This is credit. This is credit. Credit's people great. that still do this. <laughs> she like just goes on and on about credit. And at the end, all the shop owners come up to her and they're like, you have no credit with us. <laughs> and so like what Nat- Nati's saying is like the opposite yeah. of Jesus is saying like, sure, you can have it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It it just hit, hammers home like this idea that we are completely satisfied with with God, right? Like he he is our satisfaction. It says in here, why spend your money on other things? Why spend your money on on food when on on something that you think is going to satisfy you, that's going to sustain you when the only sustenance you need is God. And I mean, over and over in the Bible it talks about this and Jesus talks about this a lot. Like God is our provider and he, and he sustains us. Part of our Chelsea and I's personal testimony is this, that when we, when we focus completely on the kingdom of God, he will provide for us. Like we, it seems scary. We were talking about risk in an earlier, earlier episode, but it seems scary. Like we're risking all of this, but really God's got it. Like, God wants us to survive. God wants us to thrive. Yeah. So when we put ourselves and our situations and everything we have in his hands, we don't need to worry about this because he's going to be our sustenance. He's going to fill us up. Amen. 
Yeah, uh, we should say, I mean, this is all free and it's these images that I have in my mind. I'm going to like, after we're done with this episode, I'm going to write more in the, in the uh, margins of my Bible. Um, but it does come with a response. I, I mean, I'm looking at some of these verses and some of the call to us. It's like anyone who is thirsty, come, you can drink. Anyone who wants to buy uh, the richest affair, this is good, delicious food, right? But it says that we must uh, how does it say here? Listen, listen to me. Uh, it says, give ear and come to me. Uh, it says later, seek the Lord while he may be found. So there, there are some actions that we must do in response. My sure, goodness, right. he has fed us. My goodness, we have received of his grace and his abundant mercy. Now let's continue to pay, you know, give ear to listen and to obey. Right. I think that leads us into, uh, oh, no. Oh. You can't stop because okay, we're, because we're a missions podcast. <laughs> we have to talk about verse five. Okay. Okay. We have to talk about verse five of uh, that says in the NRSV, see, you shall call nations that you do not know and the nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And I mean, the, the verbiage of that goes straight back to the promise that he gave to Abraham of I'm calling you out. You're going to be a people group. And what's your number one mission? Be a blessing to all of the nations. Yeah. Right. And like, that's what they did not do. They were not a blessing to the nation. If anything, mm. they became a people group that was totally closed. You do not belong here. You don't follow the rules. You stay on your own side. We'll stay on our side. Like if they went the opposite direction. And so as God like renews this covenant, he again brings other nations back into the covenant. He's like, do not forget it this time. Like, like this is what we're talking about. And I love that he says, um, in the nations that you do not know shall run to you because of the Lord, your God, the Holy one of Israel, for he has glorified you. And so it's like, as we partake of this water, as we eat this bread, as we drink the milk that is free to us, as we live the life that God has given us, there is something that happens in our lives and our relationship that even people that are like, I don't know that God, but he is sure providing for them in a way that I need to be provided for as well. And that's how we would talk about it nowadays that in this verbiage, it's talking about nations, right? But like it is open to everybody. God's table is open for everybody to mm. sit and eat. And it is our lives that he glorifies himself through mm. and like talk about wanting to be holy as he is holy. If God's going to use me to shine his glory through, then hopefully every single word that comes out of my mouth, every word, every uh, thought that comes out of my mind, every action that comes out of my hands and my feet better be reflective of Christ. Because if that's the glory that people are seeing that draw them to him, it's like, well, if I want to be used, then make me holy as you are holy. The covenant comes with uh, with the mission. Yeah. I mean, it's not mm. just for us. Yes, yeah. this is good. AJ, would you read from nine? I believe we've gone till eight. From nine to thirteen, the end of the chapter. Yeah, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. 
You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Wow, this is good. Um, the first question that comes to my mind using verses 8 and 9 is, have you guys ever had any my thoughts are not your thoughts moments in ministry or in life? <laughs> I do. Uh, and, I, and actually, I want to testify that because um, as a leader of the local worship ministry, um, me and a, f- a friend of mine who was also um, leading with me, we decided to study to get certified in worship um, in the Nazarene seminary called Sendas um, with the intention of uh, give more quality in our worship with the intention of also to share about that with our local church. Um, I was just, but like while I was studying with my friend, we were just thinking about the ways we could um, share that with our church and reproduce everything that we were learning. Um, but what happens was completely different. And I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, so one of the things we learned during those studies was about um, fasting. And I remember what in one of my fasting, God was planting in my heart one of his dreams. And he used those studies to, mm. to, to, to do that. Mm. And I don't want to like say like everything, how everything happened, but... What happened was God uses that to plant in my heart a project about music and worship. And we already did it. Like we already had the first uh. um, connection. Connection. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first connection with the couple of local churches of the district through wow. the NYI of the district awesome. of Dominican Santo Domingo. Mm-hmm. Of Santo Domingo. And it is called the Secret Room Project. And I'm still receiving testimony of what God has been doing through just that first uh, connection with the churches, with the worship ministries. And I'm just excited to see what God is going to keep doing. My first thought was, I'm going to do this for my local church. But what God was doing, his thoughts, his plans, (laughs) his dreams were like huge, huge bigger than mine. And I'm just happy like really happy to yeah. see what that's he's awesome. doing that's, that's awesome. cool that's really cool i'm also reminded of um so i didn't do this chelsea and scott and emily worked on this but the school of leadership that we did um a couple months back was they expected to have uh what 50 students on our, on our field on the field they wanted 50 students that was the goal they ended up like they had 120 students or wow. something and they graduated 66 of those. Wow. So like, like you had one plan in your mind, 50 yeah. students. That seems large, but God was like, Nope, there's going to be 120. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and now yeah. we like have a whole system in place. Right. Like yes. I have a whole new court. Yeah. It's just like just, exploded and mm-hmm. yeah, that's amazing. Those are, those are examples. And how many examples do we have in, in life and in ministry of God just saying, eh, your thoughts, you think they're huge. They're not. You know, <laughs> I have something way bigger for you. Uh, another thing that I think is just so important for any Christian, but especially somebody in, in missions, uh, is this concept of the word not 
coming back void or not coming back empty. I don't know if any of you have kind of reflected on that, um, in, not just for this episode, but just in the past. Uh, have you had moments where you've seen, okay, God is sowing that seed, bringing the, as he said, the showers, the rain and growing the seed and then there's fruit and, but through his word specifically. I'm going to turn it back on you because I know that you've thought about this. I've been married to you for over 20 years and I've heard <laughs> you. So I want to hear your thoughts before we say any of ours, because I know that you have thought through it a lot and I, I love the way that you think through it. So I want to give you a platform for well, it. Well, I think this is important, uh, maybe not a specific moment, but uh, I do think of times where we've invested in children. Emily, you especially have invested in children. Man, you do not see that pay off immediately. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, it is hilarious. There were... Uh, several, several Sundays ago, I decided there are a lot of kids. I'm going to help Emily and another one of our teachers with the children this morning. Well, I just was like, these kids are unruly. This is terrible. And like later Emily was like, that's how it is every week. You know? And I was like, how do you do this? You know, how do you, but, but, but then you hear you're, we've been doing this for a while. And then you hear later, oh, that person, even in another country or even in another place, right? That child you invested in became a teen. That teen started to feel a call of God on their lives. Uh, now as an adult in some cases and is a faithful leader, maybe even a pastor or, you know, maybe has a call to missions. That is the word. I mean, you're sowing the seed constantly yeah. over and over. And I will say as a person that's sharing the word too, mm -hmm. this is helpful for me to know because <laughs> there's some times where no one comes to the altar where, I mean, you're preaching and people just, it, they're not asleep, but it looks like they're just not engaged. They're, Their yeah. eyes are closed. Their yeah. eyes, are, well, hopefully they're not closed, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> guys, we, know. we see you, you eye closers. Yes, exactly. But <laughs> you, but you know the people that just don't give you anything. I mean, you're, I, you guys know how I preach. I'm sweating and I'm just going and it's all in. You're just getting nothing from some of yeah. these people. Yeah. And, and then, you know, later on, you'll just, sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't know, but you just have to trust. I have preached the word. I have preached what mm -hmm. you have said and laid on my heart. Mm -hmm. I know it will not come back empty. And I have to admit, guys, sometimes it doesn't come back empty because at least it produced something in me. Yeah. I don't know what it did in mm -hmm. anybody else, but the word of God at least did its action and did its work in me. I think this is a good promise for anyone in ministry in any way, because how often do we really get to hear the testimonies of the people that we're impacting? I don't. I think people think that happens a whole lot, but it doesn't actually happen that very, very often. Um, very rarely when we go on home assignment, do we hear back from the local churches like, hey, your message impacted us in this way, or we're doing this differently because you guys came and taught about what God is doing. Mm. So it's not very often that we get to hear those testimonies of God's word, like weaseling itself into someone's heart yeah. and soul. Right. Like I know that, like I have this image of it just like seeping into, you know, when you spill something on your keyboard and then you can't ever get it out. Oh, that <laughs> that's the word of God. That's the word of God. <laughs> Amen. Um, but I specifically think of like, we preached a message, um, on our very, very first home assignment that we ever went on. It was before we left for, um, the mission field. And I think we've shared this story probably several times cause it was so impactful, but we just shared the same message we shared with every other congregation. Spoiler alert, missionaries usually have the same message at every church they go to. <laughs> um, and so we just shared it like normal and for whatever reason, 
the pastor and the NMI president and some people from the church really caught God's vision for what he's doing, not only in the Dominican Republic, but just globally. And um, they have been constant financial donors for us um, personally in ministry, all kinds of stuff. And we also know that they pray for us regularly. I, because of COVID, this is kind of fun. I, they've started doing their services on Facebook. It's a tiny little church and, um, they put their service on Facebook and I got to listen to it and we're talking four years after we had been there. Right. And they prayed for us in service. And they get our they get our newsletter and they get updated like that, but we haven't had a personal touch with them in a really long time. And so um, the fact that they called us out by name and that they didn't pray for just AJ and Chelsea, but they prayed for the mission of God to be complete through AJ and Chelsea. That to me is an investment of the word and it coming back. We'll never know the end of it, right? That local church is doing things that we don't know. Yeah, I, I, I read this in, in the NLT, and it says in verse 11, and it will always produce fruit. And that just reminds me, like, <laughs> God's will will be done. Like, it may not look the way we think it's going to. It may not work the way that uh, it originally set out to be. But, like, God's will will be done, whether we're a part of it or not. Um it's so much easier just to be obedient <laughs> and go along with it, you know? Um, and, and when we are, we get to, sometimes we get to see that fruit, you know, we get to see that the harvest and, uh, it's, it's so great. I also like, um, further down, like in verse, in verse 13, he says like the thorns will be cypress trees and you know, the, where the nettles grew, you know, myrtles will sprout up, you know, changes from one thing to another. God will literally, change like physical makeup of the environment, you know, because, because his kingdom is coming, you know, like his kingdom is here and we just have to open earlier in the chapter says, open your ears, same thing, open your eyes, open your mind, look around, see what God is doing and be obedient and be a, you can be a part of that. And he will change things. Even if it may just be like, he changes my attitude, you know, he changes something about me personally, Yeah, but he's still moving mountains, you know, and that's just amazing to be a part of and amazing to see. That point of God's will always being accomplished, I think is really important for us to remember as the church, because there's also a lot of like flexibility in God's word. And I think mm. you see that like when you start to dig into um, why we pray and we've had episodes before that we've talked about, you know, changing God's mind, mm. changing his heart, the way that we engage in mm. prayer, you know? And so it's like, how do we continually hold this, these tensions together that should create a tension for us? If we have a God that his word never comes back void. And at the same time, it's like, but I can pray and I can change. And I think a lot of it is, um, God's plan to redeem the world will never change. Mm, Every right. word that he has spoken into existence has this end game of redeeming the world, right. bringing back into perfect relationship humanity with the creator God. And the end of the Bible, if you haven't read it, 
read Revelation, people, <laughs> because there's a beautiful city that has been created and is this perfect relationship of all humanity living together horizontally and also vertically all at the same time. It like becomes this beautiful circle that we live in instead of these parallels. And, um, the word not coming back void, I think sometimes we're like, well, that just means that like God's predestined everything and like I can't change anything. And like we just like if he says it, he does it. But time and time and time again, we can see that, yes, there is a moment of ju judgment, even in the book of Isaiah. If you want to read the first few chapters of Isaiah, you can read there is judgment on people that do not repent from sin. And that is in order to get to chapter 55, we have to be a people that recognize that we need a savior and we repent of our sin and we claim yeah. the promise for ourselves because God is this God. This is what he offers. However, our ears will not be open and our eyes will not be open if we do not have a humble spirit to say, I need that and want that in my life. And so I think that it, it's a great tension that we live in as Christians nowadays to say the word does not come back void. And at the same time, I know that God is listening to me and my relationship affects what's going on every single day in my life. At the same time, I, I love thinking about it. This, this is the word of the Lord for today, then. Let me just read a few of these things as we kind of close. And before I do, remember, you can, you can get a hold of us at MesoAmericaGenesis.org on Facebook, The Worthless Servants. Uh, please share our podcast with one other person this week uh, that, that will benefit from what we've talked about. And uh, help other people to subscribe as well. But listen to this again. Wow promises for us. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Listen, listen to me, give ear and come to me. See, I have made you a witness to the peoples, a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. Seek the Lord while he may be found. I'm jumping around a little bit here. <laughs> um, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Uh, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. His word is achieving the purpose in your life. If you are listening to this, may it be so. This is our prayer for you. And, uh, and, and we're going to leave you now, but I pray that this word would still be a seed that, that has been sown and that is being watered and that will, uh, has been planted and that will bear fruit in your life, in ministry and in your personal life. We are the Worthless Servants and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Chelsea Fry. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.